and facial shape changes extraordinaire and welcome to Fumble Through, Fumble Fumble through, through. a podcast that once rocked so hard it's hair caught on fire. That's right, it's heating up here in the Fumble Factory and I for one have already loaded up a stick ready for that melty sticky goodness of role play fun. Thanks for coming along for the ride as we once again dip our toes into Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition and play the Sensual Essentials Kit. I just put Essential in front because I was going to sound like that anyway. Known as the Dragons of Ice Spire Keep. That's not even a keep. It's just called the Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. That's actual <laughs> words on, Ice Spire Ke- a Peak? I, with my little iper, yeah. Ice Peak? <laughs> it's called the Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. It is a really hard thing to get. The sensual kit, the Ice Spy with my little eye peak. I can't get through it. Yes. Anyway, this box is still out there and available. I've seen it in some shops um, on the play site. If you at home have some friends and you love to play along with us, go and grab a copy because we would love to for you to fill us in on how it turns out. But just be mindful of spoilers and sharing too much because we want to keep the mystique. Speaking of a man who spoils things by sharing too much and dressing up like the X-Man mystique. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are great places to, you know, let us know about beers we should try or even send us one like our brew we have today. This brew is sent by, to us by Frank. Oh, hey, brew. Hey, Frank. Hi, Frank. Um, it is inspired by our very own Miles McCarthy. Oh. It is. So it's got like it's going to put us to sleep. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a one-dimensional flavor. <laughs> wow! <laughs> no beer for you. Off. <laughs> oh, wow. I was going to say it's got reptile in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to not hand out the beers. Until- no, no, no. no. <laughs> it looks like a good beer. It looks like good. For good. Thank you, Frank. Yes, Frank. So um, <clears throat> this is his little blurb. Hurry up, I'm thirsty. <laughs> Miles McCarthy, a member of the legendary Reggie 3. Some know him as a witch, but with a good knockout punch. They might even know him by the many ranks he held during his time of the City Watch. But those who really know Miles know him as a beetroot farmer. So here I present a drink in his honour, Miles Sleepy Beet Ale IPA. <clears throat> Smells like chloroform. This drink was... <laughs> Specially crafted using a hop only found in the highest mountains where dragons hoard amazing treasures. Ooh. So Frank's actually gone on on an adventure to find this. He's using this, uh, I think it's called a Sterigian dragon hop. Oh, and I spy a peak. Um, <laughs> with my little eye. This combined with beets grown by the legendary Miles himself produces an amazing uniquely coloured ale, aromas of a mixed berry and orange jam, that is balanced with a pleasant, earthy notes. Ooh. You'll certainly feel like you've had a round with Miles after having a couple of tankards of this drop. <laughs> That's not a good thing. No, no. <laughs> Brewmaster Franciscus of the Fumbling Buffoon Ale House. Oh, I love Very it. Well well done. Done. Fumbling well done. Buffoon. Did you say it? I love it. All right. Well, come on then. Crack them open, Reggie Free. Give Let's us go. Some, All right. So. Give us a view. Oh, I'm always intrigued by the idea. So, is this actually made with beets involved in it. Yes. It's got a nice smell. 
Oh, aroma. It's got a beautiful aroma. Yeah, um, you can follow oh. him. Let me get his Instagram up. It, it, oh, wow, it, look at it, that. It's it, golden. It's beautifully, like, you might think it's kind of going to come out pinky, but it's a beautiful golden colour, Frank. When I pee, it's will a, it be red? It's a little, it, with your kidney stones, you Ooh, will. Oh, it's deep. Um. <laughs> 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 By how many knuckles? <laughs> Such a shit. It, <laughs> so um, follow him on Instagram, bruise underscore by underscore Frank, and you'll see some of the pictures of how he made it and whatnot. Bruise by Bruce. Look at that. Oh, so he's still oh, like got a lovely head on it there, Luke. This is what she proclaimed. I didn't get as much bubbles as you did. Me so it's all in the pour. It might have been that one I didn't rinse after I washed the glass. <laughs> This is the this is the this is the Sunsy. one that's got the got the roof Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Cheers, Frank. Thank you, Frank. Cheers. This is the sleep strike one, right? Yeah. That's good. Skixies. Mm. 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 Right, done. I, now I can drink it. I thoroughly like How many that. Units this is say? very good, Sorry? Frank. How many units? One point two. One point two, okay. Oh, Frank's mm. He unit. was going for one point eight, but he, he's learning. That passion fruit tone is beautiful. As long as it's not actually 1.8 and he's saying it's 1.2. Mm. I, I, guess, I guess we should provide something more than it's very good. Like, I, I do like that you use passion. It's very light. Uh, it's very earthy. It's very deep. <laughs> How many knuckles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, this for me is my kind of beer. Mm. This is like a good summary kind of. Mm. It's mm. not as- It's an easy as, drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I don't have a very good beer palate, so- I suck at this kind of stuff. Give me a whiskey and I'll tell you what's in it. But <laughs> will you? Yeah. Will you no, I, there's absolutely got some beautiful yeah. citrus tones in there, Wheat. some floral notes in there. It's really, really lovely. Um, it's nothing. The bottle's it's got a wonderful colour. <laughs> Very drinkable. I'll let you guys keep going while I keep Sorry. commenting. Yeah, please do. Very drinkable. I think this is a perfect thing for a Sunday afternoon. I with can't some believe, mates around. I cannot sunny believe day. this perfect has got beetroot in it. Yeah, but perfect for like this hot February weather. This is just like totally chilled down, perfect. It's like a, a post lawn mowing beer for me. Like oh, uh, this yeah, is yeah. one of those beers that you go mow the lawns. I've Boom. earned something yeah. good. There's just enough bitterness to it yeah. that I'm like that hit that'll hit the spot. You know, mm. I reckon this would be good for a, a shandy as well. A bit of lemonade, a bit of sweetness in Ooh, there yeah. after mowing the lawn when you want a bit of um, hydration. That could work. I think you know. So jump in the pool. You can't drink your pool water. I don't know. It does have that piss in it. That touch of like beetroot sweetness when it first hits the tongue. To be fair, I don't know what beetroots taste like. Really? Raw. Oh, okay. Well, it's not a memorable taste for me. Well, I was going to say the only beetroot I've ever eaten is pickled. Oh, I what about on a beetroot. burger? They're pickled though, right? They are pickled on a burger, yes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I, like beetroots on a burger. Beetroots are amazing. I, I love beetroot. I've, yeah, just, I've, I've had, had raw beetroot ever. salad, but I can't pull back the oh, taste no, of that. Let me retract that comment entirely. Yes, no, I have had raw. It's not too dissimilar to, to it's more the texture that's different. It's than, just a crunchy kind of yeah, texture. Yeah, like, yeah 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. a red juicy carrot. But I can't <laughs> I can't picture this. Isn't that a turnip? I can't place the taste of it. Sorry, we've gone off a tangent. Yeah, this is good though. This. This every moment. time this we drink moment. the beer, yeah. everything <laughs> falls to, to shit. <laughs> Frank, every time. I'm going to make this commitment, Frank. We're going to come out and we're going to drink one of these with you at some point. 
um, to show our appreciation and find out what you Maybe do and how you do it. One, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I, th- I, I think it's worth a visit to Frank's place at some point. Mm. I think we might. I might bring him some random shit from my house to make beer from. <laughs> If he can make beer, I'm not sure this it works good that from, way, yeah. Justin. If he can make beer this good from beetroot, he is he man. Make me a beer. <laughs> oh fuck! He's he's the already power of attorney <laughs> in a glass. <laughs> in a glass. <laughs> I have the power. He um he's man. already told me about his next one. He's working on um it's a Christmas brew. Oh, so it probably won't. Brew? By the time we drink it, it probably Christmas will will be gone. It will be Christmas but, um, again. Yeah, it's called Jeeva's Water. <laughs> Sorry, guys, that's wow, really carbonated. Yeah, I like it. There we go. Okay. So let's get back on. We usually, uh, so the wheels fall off and then we ask a question and then we prattle on for a little while. So this one, get prepared to ask some clarifying questions, Luke, because this <laughs> one is broad and it is crazy. So this week's dicey question is- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say a crazy broad. <laughs> But yeah, th- so this one, this one is going probably to to be a little bit um, obtuse. Yes, Brett, you've got so, your hand raised. Yep, I, I do. <laughs> Already got a list. No, no. <laughs> I've just come back. Like I've come from work, in and I'm wearing the trousers, the jeans that I wore at work. Yeah, put a shirt on. No, I've just realised after spending a day in public meetings with no table that I have a crotch hole <laughs> in these <laughs> jeans. I wondered what the draft was, and it wasn't the beer. <laughs> it's interesting that- but Surely in this heat, you were thankful for it, right? Well, it, it's very cold in the office. <laughs> well, that's my excuse. That's going to say that's what you told everybody else, isn't it? Is that why with those jeans you're wearing the boots with the fur? That's not fur, mate. Boots with the fur. <laughs> he hit the floor. He ripped his ball. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, the wheels have. Whoa, whoa. Truly, come on. I have to go and see how you them, right? <laughs> Uh, we don't have an HR just. department in the Fumble Factory. We should get one. Sorry for interrupting, but uh, it was a moment where I took hold of myself quite literally. Oh. <laughs> Actually, can you pop them back in? Oh. Just the one. <laughs> yeah, as we get older. All right. Anyway. Oh, man, this is not a good segue. So the question that I've got this week, the dicey question, if you have a dicey question, send them in to us because, uh, you know, we need Luke to be uh, clarifying things as much as possible. So make them really obtuse like I have. What is some fantasy lore that you wish that they have added to the role-playing games or had never taken away? So, you know, a piece, I guess, to clarify before Luke asked me, a piece of fantasy lore that might have been in the books at one point or that you've read in uh, Tolkien or, you know, some other kind of lore that's out there that might not actually be in the rule books. What what should be added? What should be uh, what should never have been taken away? Or, or what should never have been added? Maybe. Oh, okay. If you want to go there yeah. as well, sure. Cool. Midichlorians. Okay. In the Star Wars yep. lore, never should have been added. Never should have. <laughs> okay. Uh, then how do you? Okay. No, I, no, you don't need to have an explanation for the. No, force. no, no. I've got a clarifying question for oh, you. You've got a clarifying question. Yes. Okay. So if you have midichlorians, if you take the world of midichlorians out, because I've heard this argument a lot, how do you determine that Anakin Skywalker is the most powerful Jedi? Just his ability to manipulate his force. Because he doesn't over know how 9,000 midichlorians. He goes to all the way to 11. Yeah, so they go to Naboo, not Naboo, they go to Tatooine, and they find this child 
on there and they scan his midi chlorians, which then tells him okay. he's uh, off the charts, uh, okay. more powerful no, than Master Yoda. No, we've got the answer for that for because they never had any of that in the original stuff. Yeah. Mm. When they talked about Anakin yeah. being the most powerful, nobody had an issue with that at the time either. Yeah. For some reason, they just- You feel it in the force. They Yeah. They just decided to put this extra piece of information in. It was unnecessary and really just put the kibosh on the whole thing. I hate how they science up. But yeah, how do you, yeah, but yeah. there has it was to a be, mystic thing. It didn't need mm. to be a scientific. But thing. But there has to be a moment where quite where you quantify that this is the why? like the most. He why is, don't they justify why Doctor how Doctor Strange can do his stuff? Because the whole justification in the story is to say this kid's special. He might be the chosen one. Mm. He's off the chizzies, mm. and you can't just be like the force is strong with him. Yeah, we are talking you know, about. You yeah, don't forget as well the chosen one thing was again something that was brought in at the same time as the midi story. You were supposed to be arc. the chosen one. Yeah, that's all. That's all prequel stuff. Yeah, but the the whole idea of Darth Vader is that he was supposed to bring balance to the force. So there, there was that is in the law. That is in big law of Star Wars. That's yeah, but in, was that in big law balance to the force when the original movies came out? Though was that yeah. in the original law? Darth Vader's whole purpose was to bring balance to the force. It was too many good Jedi users. He got rid of them all. Then there was only one good one and two bad ones. He balanced that out to one and one. Okay, but still, there was no need for this idea of a midi chlorine count. Don't need midi chlorine counts. Yeah. Well, are you with me on this one, Brad? I'm right there with I'm, you. The Star, Wars, not, the Star Wars one at the table ne- is with me on this. Ne- I'm not never, never did they go, oh, Luke, he's so powerful because he's got two billion midi chlorines. Yeah, but he's the only one. <laughs> he was the only, there's no one to compare him to. You don't no, go, like, Yoda doesn't so, go, oh, shut up, Mace, I'm 50,000 yeah, midi chlorines. Yeah, what's your midi chlorine gang? What colours your Bugatti? But the thing is, right, we are talking about a sci fi universe where everything, you know, they're flying vehicles and they all that crap. They put magic right down the guts of it. But why couldn't, but, but of course, someone's going to try and quantify it. But okay, so. In terms of story, and I go back to this question, how do you get Qui-Gon to identify that this small child who doesn't understand that they're a Force user and isn't a, using the Force and is a slave, he has to free this child yep. through a pod race. Like, there's a whole story that's linked to the fact he's identified that. Tell me how you then- Qui-Gon reads his aura and it is yeah, a powerful aura. he still sense the Force. He still sense the Force. Yeah. Yeah. And then oh, he says- He's a master. Okay. He senses power. And then he says, dude, come with I've, me. I'll I've teach you magic. I found a dude with the Jedi powers. Yes, they're everywhere in the universe, Qui-Gon. Leave that one alone. Find but another one. Yoda, go- they all go, he is the chosen one. They all buy into that. There's no test for that. They his bought- aura- But then, okay, his aura is pink. We've never seen a pink aura before. We would still have the same issue no. with that. Uh, actually, they did test him. They did the the- Cards that he had to read without seeing. Oh, like in Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's a star. Yeah, no need for midi chlorine, sir. So I, I get, so, so I get the frustration of midi chlorine. Really I'm not saying you, that I'm you sound like it. you're against it. Right. I'm not well, saying I'm, I'm defending it, but he's I'm just saying, trying to be difficult. I am saying to you that as a story point. There is no other way that you could, because I've pondered this, and well, I too have the same you- issues you have. But I'm like, how else could you have done it? Right. How else could you have done it? How, or do you need to know how Gandalf made the light? Do you need to know how- Yes. That shits me no, off. No, but that's <laughs> him. <laughs> this, is, this is why they've done uh, it. It's uh, for people that can't no, just let him, it go. It's But for him making the light does not say to everybody, oh, he's the most powerful wizard in the world. Like there is, there is a moment where you're like, 
okay, how do you prove that Anakin is the most powerful Force user that's ever lived? There he has killed to be a all measurement. the other Force users. Yeah, but that was this is before he able became to levitate larger user. things, it's, able to see further in the future, it's a able to based argument on a faith construct. Yeah. It's a faith construct. Believe he is the most powerful Force user. It's a faith. It's a mystic art. You've got to step into the faith on it. But in a world where, in a universe. That's far, far away. And yeah, full you said, of, you're doing a trailer. And full of force users, though. <laughs> also, there are force users all, force sensitivity is Oh, yeah, there's force rife. sensitivity, force attuned, and then force users. It's very different. Yeah, but, but the, it's the ability, rife out there. It, the ability, there's lots of them. The trained force user yeah. can sense the difference yeah, and Luke's are attuned the, to it. But there was no need to introduce the idea of the way you sense that and you are attuned to it is because you have lots of these little things in all your cells and all your body. Yeah. There was no need oh, for I that get concept. That there just needs to be a measurement tool for me to make that storyline work. You're a fucking measurement tool. <laughs> I, I, well, I'm um, glad that mine caused so much controversy around the table. There we go. It's I always need- a Star Wars question, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, what I don't get is why you would say that Jedis are some part of a clone army. That's what I don't understand mostly. <laughs> oh my word. That was a throwback. <laughs> It's always a Star Wars question my, that causes controversy I, at this table. I wouldn't let that slide. My if I funny thing is, I was actually off. thinking Star Wars as well. And you know the thing that I wish I never added, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the right word now. Clunky. Is it clunky? What? Jar Jar Binks. No. Oh. Freaking. We're all waiting. Han Solo in the cantina in the right recent. Him edit shooting from- first. Yeah, in the recent edit and, where- And him standing, stepping on Jabba's tail and all of that bit. Oh, you're about the send no send bit where he shoots Greedo first. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking about when they've had the whole change so that Greedo now insults him and then he shoots uh, him. Okay, but there are three versions yes. of that. So and the, the first only one, good he, one was the first one where he just shoots first. The first one he shoots first, which is him being a baller. Yeah. The second one, uh, Greedo shoots, then he shoots, and yeah. then they re-edit it so they both shoot at the same time. Yeah. McClunky so, is what he says. McClunky. McClunky. Does he? Yep. I was this Greedo is interesting enough, just as a little sidestep. I don't watch those versions. So. I'm just saying it's crap. Cinematic re- plug for another podcast. Listen to the um Must be good if you can remember. No, 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 no. I've literally just started listening to it from a recommendation from another podcast. So it's called um <laughs> Which was <laughs> Marshall it was here we go. Marshall Thoughts Podcast. I know it's lots of episodes of stuff I was listening to about Aikido and things like that, but there's two episodes where they're talking about the um uh, Star Wars. These days they talk about New Hope, and the second one that I've been listening to, they talk about um, Empire. But it's just looking at the the construct of the story from a martial arts perspective, like the whole reaching back to the whole um, uh, journey, like like Daniel and Miyagi and and things like that. So like, like the really, hero's journey, yeah, so really, really Campbell's hero's like, journey. But pull it apart in such a way that it was just like blew my mind. Like some of the aspects in the journey of, of Luke's story through that is just absolutely fantastic. Yep. But um, well, the the story of Star Wars is essentially the hero's yeah. journey, yeah, and it's it's the epitome of that kind of story. I think Dan Harmon, who is responsible for Rick and Morty, has used that and created an episode kind of guide for that as well. That's oh. really good as well. You can look that up. Cool. You'll find a similar story in the Muppet movie. <laughs> it's well, it's retold in countless, uh, countless, yeah, countless yeah. movies. Isn't it based on the Seven Samurai or Kurosawa countless. or something? No, no, he goes back they to his stories. Kurosawa. Yeah. Was it Kurosawa to be Obi-Wan Kenobi? Did they? Did yep. they? Apparently, they yep. And he said no, because he no, thought that- Alex should, Alex should do it. They, he said at the time, apparently he turned it down. This is from this podcast. He's apparently turned it down because he was worried that the um, Bushido the, would be portrayed in a less than favorable light in what seemed at the time was a very 
low end kind of filmmaking. The science yeah. fiction genre was yeah. very low end at yeah, that okay. time. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was a bit of an eye opener for me as I well. Have a, I have a question. Yeah, since you've been listening to all these podcasts, like when was the last? Which was the last one of ours you listened to? I, I don't like to listen to to um, Justin talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He always takes his headphones off yeah. while I speak. Yeah, I'm not so self indulgent as to listen to my own voice, so I don't listen to it. Mm. <laughs> High praise indeed. It's great for our listenership. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. I just don't like the bear sign. I just don't like the bear sign. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I hear you. Um, having heard that, then my answer is, why isn't Kurosawa in Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, should have been just a Star Wars question rather than a fantasy genre question. Yeah. Do you have one, Brett? Like, fantasy lore? i got like uh, five look, locked in. Of course you have. You've had all this time with the question, I'm right? Not, I'm not a fan in the Dritz world of orcs go up in flames That's on a spark. That's one of mine. Trolls. Oh. Trolls. Is it trolls, is yeah. it? Well, you know, if you're vulnerable to fire, you surely will have some kind of resistance there, not a immediate kind no, of- No, but that's the vulnerability. What, you go up like a tinderbox? Yeah. Do they really just go yeah. up? In, the, in yeah, that story they do. spark and yeah. it's a troll fire. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's stupid. Like, you know- They literally spark, spark them on fire with a tinderbox and some oil. How, how are their trolls ever alive if that's, that's the way- Sunlight is not the But trolls live in swamps. So they live in aquatic- Full of very flammable gases. <laughs> and rodents of unusual size. <laughs> have you seen that movie yet? No. No. <sighs> Even when I have, I'm still going to say no. Yeah. All right. So that's your one. <laughs> Brett's taking notes. <laughs> yeah. Should Luke yeah. watch The Princess You're Bride? on the list, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Christmas list, finally. Maybe we should have a park viewing of The Christmas Bride and invite people. The Christmas, the Christmas Bride. Bride. <laughs> Christmas Bride. Yeah. Sorry. Been watching some weird videos. I'd, lo I'd love to see The Princess Santa at Christmas time. <laughs> the beetroot beer has gone to my head. Yeah, Is that right? all you got or have you got more? Well, I do have an issue with Gandalf. Do you? Where yeah. you go? Yeah. Are you going to fight I, him? So no, hang on, is this a lore issue you have with the, Lord of the Rings? This is something I've spoken about before. I hate magic with no rules. I hate the fact- You have said this before, yeah. Yeah, that Gandalf just goes, oh, you shall shit pass. happens. Yeah. Like, and then, oh, I fought him days and nights through fire and flame and water, and suddenly I died and then woke up. <laughs> How does that mean it hasn't got rules, though? Maybe there are rules that you just don't get. That's why I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so what I used was the first level cantrip. It's also why I hate algebra. <laughs> algebra Because there's rules. no rules. Uh, it, there are, right. Many, 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 many <laughs> there rules. are rules. There are rules. But I don't get them. Okay. So um, could there possibly be magic rules for Gandalf that you just don't get them? Maybe. On a higher plane. I just, yeah, I just have an issue with... Peter, Peter Jackson specifically talked about backing away from the magic element of Lord of the Rings as well. Like, there is a lot of magic. As a matter yeah. of fact, if you, been, if you really look at Gandalf, he may be a druid rather than a, uh, than a proper wizard. Well, he's actually a demigod. I've been listening to the audiobooks. I've been trying to get through them. Um, and he's actually a demigod. When he's yep. Gandalf the Grey or White? No, just that they're just race. Their they're race. The four of them. Oh. There's four. There's four, isn't there's, there? There's nine. Nine. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they come down the, in the, the second star. age. Is in the second age they yeah. come? Yeah. Well, they come all different times. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they, they're never late or early. They come exactly when they need to. Oh, well done. That's well why I keep done. trying to tell my wife. 
<laughs> I've got oh, two more. Yep, go. <laughs> go. I don't like, and they're similar, mm-hmm. and DC Universe. Yep. Superman impervious to everything but kryptonite. I yep. think they should have added more flaws. There is in, one more. And magic. Yep. But there needs to be rules around the magic, or you Cryptoplex. Yep. He's not magic. Anyway, so kryptonite for him, Shazam for Shazam, the word Shazam for Billy Baxton. Yeah. Stupid. What do you mean? Totally, like, what's the point? There's one way to get around them, and it's a very obvious way. And what you go, I don't like is- How are we going to be Superman? Oh, we'll put kryptonite in his drink. Well, Shazam's supposed to be the secret word. He's actually called Captain Marvel. And they can't do it in the mainstream now because Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. exists in two kind of mm. areas. Mm. But that is so when now that they've renamed him Shazam, every time someone goes, There's Shazam, book, everybody should actually be, be bestowed the power of uh, of of all the, the gods. Of Shazam. Of, yeah. Yeah. So it's it is it is but it's also a superhero thing. So I, I would cares? like them to have more vulnerabilities. More vulnerabilities. I, I think that would make Are it- Are you saying that while he's in human form and he's a cripple, he's not vulnerable? You know what I would prefer? Billy Baxton. Yeah. He's, he's got a he, gammy he, leg. He, he's not gammy in the movies. Yeah. I'd prefer to do more like um when Spider-Man tries to save uh, Gwen. Yeah. And- Makes it breaks her back. I'd more like to see like Superman try and save Lois and like dives under her with the arms out and cuts her in half. Uh, yeah, you know, well, she, well uh, yes, I think know, there's a lot of. I that, reckon you know. to go the moral, you know, Superman flying Lois in the sky—that's physically impossible. Like, there's a whole heap of Superman bullshit that if you, you've just got to buy into the. I mean, he's, he's got arms. Arms of steel. So like, she you know. doesn't. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. He's going very fast. We just go back to Superman holding up a plane. He catches it. That is one uh point the whole plane would crumble. Uh Uh-huh. Like, there is no way- There's a lack of physics in that world. But that's what makes him super. How do you know that he doesn't project some kind of aura and the things that he touches are impervious? Or because of all the many chlorines he's got. Yeah, I mean, if Flash has the speed force, which is what they call it, I'm Barry Allen, I'm the fastest man alive. I think there's significant flaws with the superness of those two characters and, okay. you know, put it up against Homelander and you go, all right, there's the flaw. You can have all of the imperviousness, but you've so got to be morally flawed. It's so interesting that you, you'll say that, but the fact that Batman is in the same league as Wonder Woman, yeah. Green Lantern. Batman's not. It's like Batman has no place there. That's like, you know, in Marvel, they've gone Daredevil. Mm, he's probably a street level character. He's probably not uh-huh. up in Punisher space. As well. uh-huh. Yeah, like they've, they've got their place. Spider-Man uh-huh. is not actually in the comics this cosmic fighting uh-huh. dude. Yeah, he tries, but he's more of a street. He's, he's your, friendly your friendly neighborhood, neighborhood Spider-Man. Batman. Don't even fucking start, Luke. But Batman can take on Superman and win. Yes, because he's used his brain. Or, in fact, brain. Darth Vader, if you look at the fan art. Yeah, he's used his brain. But that's because Batman- well, He's used his really cash. They're going to take on Darth Vader. For, for that, you know, Jeff Bezos should be a superhero. Yeah, but, okay, talk about that. Like, if his power is using his cash, fucking Iron Man has him down pat. He at least made a super suit that allows him to fly, fly and Iron shoot Iron Man's shit. also genius level and has a whole list. lot of other well, stuff. Well, Batman's a scientist. <sighs> So this started out as a question about lore in games. Yes, right? lore in <laughs> fantasy world. So I have you got one more? 
No, Shazam and Superman. Okay, that were you too. Double bang. So my one is more around traditional fantasy, around the idea that trolls catch on fire and stuff. The thing that I'm missing from things uh, from kind of fantasy games. At one point, elves didn't actually sleep, and they only needed four hours of rest because they went into a reverie. A reverie. And they they actually needed less rest than other characters really? did. Yeah, the other be one. Watch all night. Yep, the other one that that has kind of disappeared is stone cunning in dwarves. Like dwarves used to be able to walk through a stony area and be able to see traps and be able to identify those kinds of things. Um, the Tolkien kind of thing that uh, that and we see it in the movies even that elves are so light they can walk on top of snow while everybody else has to trudge through them. Like These are things that I'm like, oh, these are little tiny moments that don't affect too much, but I can imagine someone out there has ruined the rule by exploiting it so much that they've gone, we're done, we're done. No, that created imbalance (laughs) because we are done. So, you know, those little kinds of things are, are I, things that I, I want back in the game. Can I um, just interrupt? Yep. Um, 5e rulebook here. Trance. Elves don't need to sleep. Instead, they meditate deeply, remaining semi-conscious for four hours a day. Oh, there we go. Okay. Totally. Well, I can go on, Okay. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, Pathfinder is what I know more than fifth edition because I'm not reading these books because I'm being more like Luke. Um, <laughs> hashtag. Hashtag. But, but yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm glad that that is something that is back because I think that's a really interesting, uh, it's part of their race. It's part of that, that culture that I love around those things. So yeah, that was my question anyway. That was really good. Good. Very close. If you have dicey questions, remember to submit them at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have dicey answers that are better than ours. Put them on the Facebook post that we post regularly on a Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> Make sure you drink a beer before you do it so your answers are shit too. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, where we left it, we are going back to the Dragon of Ice Spire Keep. Keeping Peak. those words very separate. Peak. That's the word that you <laughs> took out of that. So, who can... Uh, well, basically... Going back to the dragon of Ice Spire Keep, we are zooming- <laughs> Ice Spire Peak. <laughs> yeah, I keep fucking it up, don't I? I'm getting my eye We zoom back into an area known as Numengard under a waterfall in a series of caverns. We find J.R. Lockwood. The first stone birds king went off without a hitch. Songs were sung, drinks were had, and boobs were flashed, and then explained to Nikron. After a long night's rest, the trio of travelling troubadours headed south to Nomagard, where a bunch of gnomes are rumoured to live, working on forging technology and magic and have made a weapon capable of killing a dragon. Upon arrival, shortly they were attacked by a crazed gnome with a thinking what's it doodad, but she was no match for the dashing and charming good looks of J.R. Lockwood. Yeah, that's close, Jr. That's close to what happened. I think your uh, your license is. Well, I don't know what that thing is. So it's a thing. Of me, what's it do, Dad? I think that's exactly what it's called. I think you've got that nailed. I think it was more about the uh, the charm that it, you exuded at the time. I mean, I cast charm on it, and it ah. stopped. So what happened? Yes. Oh, I was too busy balancing. Yes. Upon it. Yep. No, I cast Charm. It's a spell. It makes someone my friend. But we've only got an hour, so I should probably move on. 
Righto. So where we last left it, you had just pulled a dart out of J.R. Lockwood's shoulder after seeing a uh, a gnome that was uh, that was wearing a helm with a large dent in it that was like Factor, yes, that's cool, And she's still tinkering. She's gone back to tinkering with her little contraption. You can see her putting some of the pulleys and the cords and starting to rebuild some of the uh, some of the problems that uh, Maradius caused by jumping on top with his heavy stone body. And she goes back to just yeah, mumbling. Easy. Easy uh, with heavy stone body. <laughs> with his rock hard Substantial. Abs. Yeah. Substantial. And she, she sort of starts going back to uh, fixing that and, and basically pays you no heed, but you can also see she's immediately reloading some of the crossbow bolts straight back into it. She's starting to put stuff back together. And the whole time she's like, wow, Prudence would suggest we move along from this area. Yes, yes, I think so. So we're still under, it's under waterfall and all that sort of thing. We're, yeah, we're you're up, in caves. Yep, yep. So essentially you are in a cave area and if you have forgotten throughout this area, it's about seven feet high. Flat, um, I guess for you, it might be a little enclosed. Yeah, just a touch. How narrow is it? Uh, it's not, it's built for people J.R. Lockwood size. So right. being that it's built for smaller creatures, it's spacious for J.R., not so for you. So there's seven not even foot, a chance for me to open out my wings at this point either. Probably not, okay. no. It's about mm. five foot wide in most places. Come, Nacre, and feel the cold caress of the stone upon your body as you <laughs> walk through these Wonderfully hewn tunnels. So from where you are in this room, there is a, a doorway north or a, a tunnel leading north that you kind of came from, but there is more complex towards that northern end of the tunnels, or you can extend south through the tunnels as well and extend onwards. Did anybody get hurt then? Uh, yes, I, I took a bit, but um, I think I should be right for a while. Okay. Okay. You're going to head north or south? North. Okay, you start moving your way up through the tunnels north. Obviously, there's the uh, tunnel that you came fast as you are moving to the north. Is to it the lit? To the left. Um, you find that, that throughout this complex, there are lanterns, and the lanterns have this oil in it that gives off uh, a red kind of glow from them. There's red oil in there, and you can see pulleys that are lit, that are um, basically hooked up so the lanterns can be dropped and lit and then hoisted back up to provide light and above head height. For the two of you medium kind of characters, they're a little close for comfort as you go past. You actually feel the heat. They give off a weird smell too, like a very earthen kind of smell. Mm. Also, just a reminder in here that the, the sound from the waterfall is so loud in the background that you kind of have to talk really loudly to hear each other. Like it's really hard to whisper. There is it covers a lot of sound. Like there's just this this constant roar from the waterfall that falls outside, and it's probably a bit humid in this area as well, um, and and misty from all the uh, moisture that's around. So you start heading north. There is the tunnel going to the left, uh, which takes you out the way that you came in. Uh, you know that about five foot into that, there was another tunnel that leads to the north, or you can just continue around a curved tunnel that also ends up leading to the north as well, your choice. Which way, JR? Um, okay. Which way, JR? I guess we'll go back to go around this curve. Okay. 
All right, marching order. So oh, hang on, we're going around the route. Hang on, can we see the pathway for the other two routes? Uh, you all you can see is the doors from okay. from this juncture, which is a T intersection. You can see that it, it heads off towards the east, um, and then curves around, and you can see that towards the west, there's another tunnel that goes north. As soon as Jr. said around the tunnel, Moradius would have started walking solidly and purposefully, hunched over. Mm-hmm. Around the curve. So Moradius leads the way. Who goes second? I'll go second, and I'll skittishly kind of, kind of, you know, like how birds kind of hop. Yeah, along, kind of like that. Yeah. So Nacrin starts hopping along behind you, <laughs> laying an egg, um, and then you move. So you move up the tunnel, not more than about thirty uh, odd feet around the curve, before you see that towards the eastern side of this tunnel, um, there's a there's a passage that goes off. You can continue on around the curve as well. The curve continues out of sight because it's a curve, um, but there's also another tunnel that goes off to the east. Right, just keeps going around the curve. Okay, you walk past an open room. Do you want to peek into that open room that's off to the east? Sure. Okay. Parked in alcoves in this otherwise empty rooms, you see a site that uh, beguiles you and intrigues you, especially someone like J.R. Lockwood with his uh, sense of adventure that is rolling down his leg and forming a puddle in his shoe. These uh, kind of... Uh, two kind of contraptions resemble a crab with a barrel for a shell and six articulated metal legs that kind of uh, that kind of poke out from the bottom like crab's legs and a pair of forward-facing pincer claws. A hatch on top of each of the open barrels reveals an interior compartment that you could probably look in. Side. Otherwise, this room is empty. I'm so looking inside because it sounds like I'm about to get a spider mech. <laughs> can I check for traps at all? You can check for traps. So you hold JR as he starts to go forward, putting your hand on his uh, chest, and you lead the way looking for a trap. Can you please roll for me a trap check? <laughs> It would be a perception check, okay, I believe. Okay, I've got a 13 on a perception check. A 13 on a perception check reveals that there are no traps. You're all good. Okay, let's... Well, what what do we have here? Okay. I want to approach one and have a look inside. You jump up on top of one being the exact same height that it's intended for as a smaller creature, and you pull open one of the hatches, revealing an interior compartment uh, that is equipped with a small leather-padded seat Ooh. surrounded by levers, pedals, and <gasps> gears. Got a mech suit. <laughs> I'd jump inside and try <laughs> and figure it out. There's two of them? There are two of them. They are f- specifically designed for small characters, though. Akron, would you like to rock off for the second one? <laughs> I don't think I'd get in there. I'm not a small character. I'll give it a crack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, you want me to- Somebody who hates confined spaces, you want me to get into an even further- Just looks like space. a bunch of mo. I don't know how to- Nope. And Moradius looks at it, shakes his head, not knowing what to do, and then- you think you might be able to fit inside pretty uncomfortably. Like, imagine trying to sit in a child-sized uh, go-karty type <laughs> thing. Like, your knees would be up around your, uh, yeah, your elbows yeah, yeah. kind of thing. But you could possibly fit inside. Your head would stick out the top of the barrel Marini's rather than looking through the viewfinder. The cr- not worried about the cramped space. He's more worried about the operation of the thing and not sure he's got the wherewithal to pull the right lever at the right time. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, so you're not getting inside one? No. JR, what are you going to do? You've popped yourself inside one. You're starting to look around. You're like, oh, this isn't so different to the T15 that you fought ba- <laughs> flew back at home with Womprats. Yeah, I'm going to try and- Those. Is there any manuals nearby or- uh, No, there's just pulleys and levers. I'm going to start- Pulling on some levers and trying to figure out what's going on. All right. I don't know the rules enough to say anything, but give me an insight check. Let's see if you have some insight, which is based on wisdom around this. And you are actually, because you're unfamiliar, you're going to take disadvantage on this role. See, that's just what a good rule set works like, right? I don't even know how to use these rules. Four, then. A four. You, I mean, you start pulling one, all of a sudden, the, uh, the, the, the contraption, let's call them the crab barrel, um, the, or the barrel crab, crab barrel. Crab barrel's better. Yeah. yeah. The crab barrel starts moving to the left. And you, you guys from the outside just see these skittering legs, three on each side, like, you know, like a three-legged spider or a crab, um, just starting to move sidewards. Cool. Doesn't matter if you break that one, there's a spare out here. Doesn't matter if you break that one, there's a spare out here. Which is interesting because as it starts moving uh, to its right, it is on a collision course to the other crab barrel. I pull a different lever. Okay, you pull a different lever. Just make a D100 check for me and let's see what you are getting. Does this crab barrel thing seem to have, it still look like it might be able to walk up a wall? No. 42. 42. You pull another lever and the crab barrel stops in its tracks and kind of moves up a little bit, like like almost like it's reaching for something a little bit higher at the front. So the, cl- the pincers at the front could possibly reach a medium-sized creature's shoulder or head. Oh. Up the six-foot kind of corridor, the top of the six-foot corridor. I'm just seeing if there's anything I can do to try and- Mm-hmm. Gain better knowledge of what the hell's going well, you're, on. Well, you're slowly learning. Uh, how long are you going to spend doing this? Because this was this is a matter of like you know it's one of those things you don't think you're going to break the the contraption by pulling levers and stuff, but it's going to take you some time okay. to figure it out, like a like a learner driver. Okay. Let's come back for this. Let's see if we can find the people. But I'm definitely taking one of these with me. <laughs> <laughs> Even even as you're walking, though, like you, you guys outside specifically looking at it, while the contraption looks pretty cool and all that, it is a little clumsy in its movement. Like it slips on the floor. Its feet sort of slip on the floor. It It's not exactly the most finesseful kind of contraption. You get the idea using as players using the knowledge that we have in our life, this is probably some kind of forklift or some kind of contraption designed to grab big things and move them around. Get away from her, you bitch. I don't <laughs> care. Can you imagine rolling to town for a gig in a crab mech? Didn't you roll into town with extended legs last time you yes, rolled into town? Exactly. This would be much more impressive. Yes, and we could, pimp it, pimp, we could pimp my crab. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Oh, you'll need some uh, some cream and ointment for that. Some <laughs> Put unguent. a mohawk on the top. Yeah. Oh, great. Be great. Yeah. So that, that finds you guys um, in an area where you are moving around. So follow the curve. Let's go. You are f- begin to follow the curve. Give me. Begin to continue to follow the curve. So you're not taking it with you. We're just leaving. I'm preparing to begin to fo- follow the curve. 
All right, so you begin to follow the curve around. Eventually, you go north and it moves to the west um, and it gets to another T intersection, one of which goes south, one of which goes north. If you look to the south, you can hear, again, the waterfall a little bit louder and you seem to, uh, just by the way that you're looking, it seems like you're going back towards the area where you came in. It's almost like a switchback area okay. and this room would have been between. So you think maybe this was the room that went north from that initial passageway you look down it and you see a room that contains uh, several tables and chairs that are all sized for small people there's a stout wooden cabinet against the east wall that is shut let's just quickly go down and check out this room before we continue on north mm -hmm. correct the room itself isn't super big. It's about 25 foot by 10 foot. And there's a series of tables. Obviously, if you're, if you're thinking for small people, um, you know, the smaller folk can fit quite a lot in there. So, you know, it's, it's one of those rooms that's got, uh, you, you can see it's, the intent is probably a dining room. Okay. Anything um, in the cabinets? or You open the cabinet to find small clay dishware. And sort of cutlery made of wood um, that is in there. So, as you know, when they want to eat something, this does it is... look clean, old, well tended? Or uh, it looks it looks clean but worn. So it looks used and, and clean. Are there lots of them? They are. Yeah, they're. So they're... Where are all the gnomes? Well, you found one. One. Hmm. And mm. You found some. Obviously, they perish with these small portions that they're eating with these <laughs> very small plates. Come on, let's. Head up to the north, follow along. What's this place called again? Nomengard. Oh. No, no Nomengard. Nomengard. Come on. Okay, let's go north. You start heading north up, uh, and it is at that time that you see a door for the first time, and light flickers from under the door, and it's a different type of light, like whereas all the other lights have been a red tinge, this has that orangey kind of bright yellowy glow of an actual Flame. fire. Uh -huh. You, you can hear movement and stuff. Uh, not a lot of it because the roar of the uh, of the din of the waterfall, but you can hear some stuff beyond. Do you want to knock? I could do it with my boot. No, no, just knock loudly so they can hear us. But okay, I don't want to surprise anyone again. Uh, and Meredith walks up to the door and with a big meaty fist. Hello. Come on! They said come in. Okay. I take the lead at this point. Mm -hmm. But I duck as I okay. open the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. You duck as you open the door. You open the door into a kitchen. You see a kitchen that is uh, f a flurry of activity. It, you see uh, along the floor lots of benches and uh, kitchen-type apparatus, and across the top you see a whole heap of storage that is accessible by um, cabinets that can be lowered with uh, ropes and pulleys that so shorter people can get to the things that are stored on top inside of here you see five gnomes if you know do you, anyone here know anything about gnomes which would be like a knowledgey nature yes i will make a knowledge nature, nature. can i support that role or should i make my own role uh you could support that role i don't even support my own role that so just means i roll it with advantage 15 does that give you an advantage you roll it with advantage should have taken your 15th um, 12. Judging by the hue of their skin and the, uh, the way that they look and some of the features, you think that these are rock 
gnomes, not just normal gnomes. Um, they've got mohawks, they've got nose piercings, they're wearing leather jackets, and they're, they're fully rocking out. Grunge. Rock gnomes. Rock gnomes. I, I, as I duck up, i like, don't shoot. Don't shoot. You see in here, there are five gnomes. There is one gnome that is using a poker to stoke a fire of a hot iron stove that stands against the east wall. You see another male um, who is using a complicated press-like contraption to squeeze oil out of what looks like a huge, big red mushroom, the same mushrooms that you saw outside on the island, and filtering the liquid into uh, into oil flasks. You see another female atop a low table, which is using a mechanical rolling pin contraption to knead a green bread dough, a, a very b vibrant green dough. Um, and the several severed caps of several big green mushrooms are set around her. Again, the same mushrooms that you saw on the way in. You see another male that's forming dough into loaves of green bread, his tongue sticking out and moving from side to side he carefully shapes each loaf like a master sculptor. And the last gnome that's in here teeters on a stool as she stuffs a big purple mushroom into a barrel so that it looks like it can ferment into some type of uh, in brew, wine, something along those lines. Mm. Uh, please don't shoot. Uh, my name is J.R. Lockwood at your service. What, what? It is not time for dinner yet. What are you doing in here? We are from uh, Fandalen. Oh, what? Oh. And it's at that time that you see the man that was using a complicated press-like contraption to squeeze oil out of the big red mushroom turns to you and thinks, Oh, oh strangers, oh, who? Speak yourselves. Who are you? Announce. Uh, my, na I said, my name is J.R. Lockwood. This is my humble manservant, um, Meradius, and his pet, Nikron. Oh, you'll need to speak to Fibblestibbledabbledob. Don't mean to no. alarm you, but one of your gnome friends has gone mad and shot me. Oh, yes. Unfortunately, you need to avoid that chamber if you can. So I need to talk to Fizzle, Fuzzle. Fizzle, Stibble, 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 Dog. I'm sure that they will be here for dinner soon, or you could find them if you want. They're across the way. Go under the bridge, over to the other side of the waterfall. They're over there. They're probably in their workshop looking for things. You sound like Nikron. <laughs> what is a Nikron? This guy. No. So no, I'm a gnome. <laughs> Can someone? We, we are here to meet with the two kings of Nomengard, Nurkli oh, yes. and Corboz. Oh no, you'll need to speak to Fibble Stab and, and Dabble Dob. Can you please escort us to Fizzle Stubble Gabble Dobble? Oh, no, no, couldn't possibly stop. We've got dinner to make, dinner to make people to see. How many are you making for dinner? Ah, uh, we're making dinner for everyone. Everyone, maybe you'll stay for dinner if you see Fibble Stib and Double Dob. Anyway, you've got to get back to it. Is it Fibble or Fizzle or? It's different every time. I've <laughs> <laughs> written it down four times now, and it's not easy to write down. An Erm's name is very fluid. Please. So please give me the directions to Dibble Fizzle Wobble oh, Bubble. South from here. It's house, house, house. Go past where you probably meant factory and see. Make sure you avoid all of those crossbows. She's nuts. And then go down south. And once you're in the south area, I'll start going across the water bridge and get over to the other side. And you'll, you'll see where they are. They are. They're in their uh, workshop. Okay. 
Okay, thank you very much. Oh, no, oh, no. And at that point, you see oil starting to spill out of the press. He's like, oh, no, oh, no, go. And he grabs a jar and he's like, oh, I've got to get back to work, got to get back to work. And you see him, like, grabbing some of the uh, some of that red oil that you can see in some of the lamps around the place. Mm. Uh, I close the door and go, <laughs> Can you believe people get us and them can I don't up? know. <laughs> Jay- I don't know. Oh, there's oil everywhere. Let's move down the hall a bit. It's uh, a bit loud. It's loud, yes. Uh, should we ask them about the lay of the land here on this side of the bridge? <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily. I think we just need to find Gribble Bobble Fizzle Noble. Okay. Yes, Nikon? Keep moving. Just okay. keep moving. <laughs> keep moving. We're, all right, heading back Are you around. Okay, Nikon, you're—I've never seen a bird. Are you guys before. still in the room at this point? No, no we've left. Okay, yeah. we're walking now. Back the way we came. Well, no, can we follow around to the south? I think this might exit us yeah. out into uh, the external area, but we're going to have to be aware of crossbow lady factorum. I think is what they called her. Okay, crossbow bolts. At she'll, all? she'll still be friendly for us at the moment. Oh, so how, long, then? how long does that last for? An hour. An hour. Sweet. Let's go. Sweet. Okay, you start moving south again. You retrace your steps. You can either go through the uh, dining room area or you can go past the crab barrels. Crab barrels. You go past the crab barrels. You see um, one of them's badly parked at this point uh, <laughs> uh, where somebody's messed with it. Um, and you can't start heading south. They'd be too big to carry with us, right? I couldn't um, pick one up and take not it. Not really. Yeah, they're too big. They're five foot. They're, they're, they are large creatures, well, medium-sized kind of Getting a crab barrel, even if we have to steal it GTA style. <laughs> We're getting a crab barrel. Can we not make it like pull its legs in and they'll just roll it out there? Like no, a no. Okay, right. No, it doesn't work. The barrel has been uh, altered so much, it's not actually rollable anymore. And you start moving south. You see a whole heap of crossbows and factor again. Ah, factor. Click, click, twink. Oh, Hi, factor. And we're just looking for gribble, mabble, nabble. Fizzle, whizzle, but there's a nizzle. Yeah. Can you show us to fizzle, manizzle? And you just see her start, you know, she's pulling. She's not paying you any attention at this point in time. Radius moves, you know, keep moves on If through. anything, she throws an arrow at you in a weird way and then just keeps going on to her business. I think she likes me. <laughs> and you start moving south I again. Think she's one nut short of a bolt set. That's why I think she likes you. <laughs> oh, God. So you start moving south again. You get around a little short curve that moves to the west. And at this point, you get another T intersection. Straight ahead of you is another exit straight into the water. One of the caves that you saw above the cliffs, there were a few entrances on either side of that kind of inlet. Um, and then towards the south, there's another tunnel. Let's head straight to the bridge, I think. Yes. Meridius, I'm letting you seem to ha- know your way around these stoneworks. Mm. It talks to me. Mm. <laughs> so you head straight outside. Uh, Through the uh, water? Overlooking. Uh, the first thing you find is you are on top of a little ledge 20 foot up that overlooks the water. You can see that to your to the south of where you're standing. So you're looking west to the south of where you're standing. There's the waterfall and there's the bridge that is Through there. the water? So, yeah, the waterfall's just at the back of the bridge, but it's got mist all around it. So it was kind of hard to see from the mm, original mm, area. Mm. And you can see another ledge um, that that comes from this side. So the tunnels must link up with that ledge that goes to the oh. to the uh to the rope bridge. It's obvious if anyone could feel the tunnels they would know that this is going to link up automatically. Oh. My 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 feathered friend Nacron. 
through the water. Allow me, and he'll pull his cloak up and hold the waterfall so Nacre can walk through the water without getting wet. You're not in the waterfall. The waterfall's oh, still. Uh, no, so you had to walk through the waterfall. No, to get you're to the you're at one of the one of the entrance caves. Oh, the, okay. the, the, that would have been a great scene. Yeah, the you have to go back inside and back out to get to the actual bridge. Okay. The waterfall's beyond the bridge. Right. So the bridge will get wet, but it's not like the waterfall's on top of the bridge because it would just destroy the, the bridge. But you you're walking through. The spray of that bridge, but it's How it's also spray. it's also about thirty foot to the south of you right now. So okay. you'd have to go back inside, or you could jump down the twenty foot into the water, swim across, climb up another twenty foot or thirty foot ledge to get to one of the other tunnels to the bridge. Nacron could, of course, fly <laughs> to the bridge. Okay, so you move back inside and you start heading to the south, the only tunnel. The This tunnel moves off to the east and you find a, another T intersection straight ahead of you. You can see there's an opening with a large-ish type room and you, even from where you are, you can get the hint of some more barrels in that room or you can move to the south. No, straight up to the barrels, barrel room. <laughs> you move into the room. This room contains 20 40-gallon barrels which are set into wide alcoves in the wall. Each barrel is secured by a wooden brace and they seem to um, they seem to have been tapped, the ones in the south anyway, with wooden spigots. Um, spigots. Yeah. Could I turn a spigot and see what comes out? You can holding a cup underneath. Yes, you can. And as you as you turn a spigot, remember when we were just talking about purple water? Yeah, you can see that there is a purple kind of uh, wine that comes out of it. It smells earthy, and uh, you know it's it's got a very wine like texture to it with a couple of bubbles around the top. Uh, they say in the book it is a purple fermented wine that is made from mushrooms. Mushroom. Tastes as good as it sounds is the uh, <laughs> is the quote mm. from the actual rule book. This is so, delicious. So yeah, whether you like mushrooms, for me, I fucking hate mushrooms. Oh, I so love I mushrooms. couldn't think of anything worse than drinking mushroom wine. You're now tripping balls. <laughs> this is delicious. Yeah, man, Grundenar man. <laughs> <laughs> No. Yeah, you have a, a wine. You can taste the alcohol that is obviously involved it's in this. It's basically alcoholic kombucha. Yeah, it's it's, but it's a low-level alcohol, I guess. This like one a, tastes like a beet wine. It's <laughs> not as good as the beet wine. No. Yeah, but you also see, you know, uh, um, in this room as well, there's a whole heap of barrels. So there's, you know, 20-odd barrels all around, 20 Around the place, yeah. Anyone else? Anyone in this room? No, nothing in this room. This room's quite large, actually. This is the biggest room that you've been to, uh, being about 50 foot by 50-odd foot with some alcoves cut out of it and stuff. It's not a big square. It's kind of an odd-shaped room, though. Have you looked through secret entrances or anything like that, secret doors? No. Let's go back to that T-intersection take one of those puffs. Was a T intersection? Yep. So yep. you go back to there and you ha start heading to the south is the only way other than uh, than into this room. Always to the south. Let's always head to the south. That's where they said the bridge was. They really need some sort of like map or sign markings. Hmm. Pizzle, cobble, slobber, boo, this way. Yes. Uh, or a receptionist. stubble, double, dub. Yeah. Let's go. Come on. All right. Whoa. 
Did anyone else feel that? Looks like it feels like the Earth's moving around here. Oh, that wine's strong. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, then. Oh, it's hot in here. Mm. Oh. And then uh, Marady's here. Soldiers on. Okay, you move down to the southern tunnel. You come into a room. The mist from the waterfall dampens this empty cave, which has a 10-foot-high ledge overlooking it that comes to the south. On top of the ledge, you see two rock gnomes that are standing there. Who are you? Announce yourselves and speak your business. Hello. Uh and he does a bow. I am J.R. Lockwood at your service. J.R. Lockwood, prove yourself. Who are you and how do I know you are J.R. Lockwood? Yes, how do I know you're J.R. Lockwood? I shall vouch for him. He is J.R. Lockwood. Who are you? Not J.R. Lockwood. How do I know? <laughs> That's what? What? And you see them kind of, at that point, this is the first time that you, you can see they, they're dressed kind of like guards at this point. They have small kind of spears that they, they hold. And as you say, I am not J.R. Lockwood, they kind of get their back up a little bit and you can see that that and there's an element of wariness to them, like they're on the lookout for something as well. And they say, speak who you are. Uh, J.R. Lockwood here. Yes. Muradius and Nikron. What is your business? Uh, we're here to see Double Ripple Squadral Bubble. Fibble, stibble, dabble, dob. You're here to see Fibble, Stib, and Dabble, Dob. Fibble, Stib, and Dabble, Dob. Well. Hopefully from there, the two kings. Yes, we we were we were sent here from um, Fandalen, from uh, uh, Harbour and Weston. They look at you and their eyes squint, and they kind of look from each of you and say, and you can hear them talk, like they, they kind of have a bit of a, a conversation with them. And they're so used to these caverns that they're not talking softly. Like <laughs> their whisper is like, you know, like a, an old person is like, what? And they're like, mm, how do we know who they say they are? I don't know, Pog. I don't know how they know what they are. We, we should prove it, Ula. And then- Prove yourselves. How do we know you are who you are? Sometimes things aren't what they seem. Okay, so- We don't want to call you a shape changer, but gnomes, no. So uh, what? Uh, what's the group? What's our group called? The JR and the Stonebirds. JR and the Stonebirds. Okay, so I'm going to cast Minor Illusion uh, mm-hmm. to create a mini poster, yep. which has basically got uh, us as the band saying the- uh, JR and the Stonebirds. That, exactly that. Okay. Coming to perform at your uh, local tavern near you. So, yeah, and then send that on All to right. them so, as proof. To- so, would you, just, to, just to help you along here, are you, are you saying that you're here to perform for the kings, perhaps? Sure. There we go. Is that, there we so go. Is that your ruse? Like just instead of at the local tavern, because you don't know if there's yep. a tavern here, yep. just to provide you, because there's some context, you know, I guess that we sitting at this table in the Fumble Factory don't get sitting, that your characters might in there. So perhaps that could be a, a way of you getting inside. So at this point, I need some type of deception check. Oh, JR, you've spent a lot of money on marketing. I see that's a great place. Well <laughs> yes. done. That's all. Allow, I love the font you've it's used. In, it's, <laughs> allow me to Hel- do this for colour. Helvetica, I believe, is. It's interesting that that uh, at all given does turns he, in this group that you never go for the truth. Does he? Does We're he, here because there's a white dragon and we need your help. Nope. 
You we offered are, the, the, the fun option. No, well, he went straight for the post. I just think it's it's hilarious. No, we're trying to prove who we are. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. It's I love it. Yeah. 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 I love it. Um, so does he get advantage because the cast a spell will give him yeah, the poster? He certainly does get advantage for that. I got you, Lindsay. Oh, fucking hell. 13. <laughs> 13. <laughs> oh, you're here to see the kings. Well, why don't you just say so? Now, kings also need to be entertained. Forward through, forward through, forward through. Can make way for JR. Mm, I guess. Sure. Let's, let's. And the stoned birds. Any <laughs> more of that purple wine. <laughs> I'm going to be needing something to get me through these taverns, I tell you. I was getting a little bit worried I might have to roleplay it that I just firebolt the first thing that moves in front of me because I'm so twitchy. <laughs> oh, they're going to go speak to King Corbals. King Corbals is what they need. And you hear that in the, the background. Dibble. As you start moving no, towards, towards the west, you get on to the, uh, the, the bridge. The Bridge of Joy. Now, the bridge itself isn't super hard, but the waterfall that you can see, it's about a 60-foot waterfall that plunges into the water, and there's a light mist that obscures this 35-foot rope bridge. It's about 20 foot high off the ground, um, but it, it dips, so it's about 15 foot at its lowest point right. in the very fly across. middle of the bridge. Um, yeah. and. Nacron flies across. Yeah, I'm not going to go across that with the uh, rock. I'll walk across. I'll walk across. Okay. You walk across. Just make a uh, just a, a percentage check for me. You, or an acrobatics if you are skilled at acrobatics. If you're walking on the bridge. If you're walking on the bridge. Just Mar because Maranis of the slipperiness of it. is just watching the whole time. 18. 18 is very much. Uh, you walk across the bridge. It's slippery, but you manage to keep your feet uh, under you the entire time. Get across the swaying bridge. And even from where you're looking at, uh, Maradis, you can see the bridge is kind of sturdy, but it's wet. It's a little slick mm. and it rocks as people walk on it. And he's certainly a lot lighter than you mm -hmm. are. Maradis is going to get heavy stone <laughs> step at a time. Yeah. It's just like very carefully. One make an step, acro one Have you hand. got acrobatics? I do. Yeah, make an acrobatics check for me. Seven. Seven is still enough for you. Oh, with, really? With some handholds, you get to a point where you know when you when you're crossing something like that, and you're kind of like, Ooh, and you stop, and your hands go out. You hold the handrails, and you kind of just stay there. For you, the handrails are kind of at knee height, yeah. so they don't provide too much shelter. But the whole thing rocks for a moment. He's worried and about then, flipping it over. Yeah, the whole, <laughs> and then you're like a hammock, and then you are, and then you kind of it steadies about, itself, and you start moving across. About halfway again. through with the swaying the wine kicks in and he gets a little vertigo <laughs> <laughs> and then purple a purple heave over the side <laughs> yeah and you make it across the side without uh, too much harm on the other side there's a, another ledge above a cliff that's 20 foot high and a tunnel that goes more to the west when have we been led <laughs> to the king yeah, yeah. So you're now on. on the other. So the essentially, it's, lead like, us to the yeah, king. it's like a an inlet, and from there's a whole heap of caverns on one side, and then the bridge connects it to the other side. Oh, so, so we don't have the guards with us. No, no, the guards have have said Just go on. Waved you on. Yeah, go on. Oh, I thought Pog and Ulla might send us to the king. The security in this place. Well. If the bridge is anything like the rest of the, the places like that bridge, then they won't need much security. That thing was touch and go. So it's, we, the mist 
from the waterfall is abound in this area. And as you move into the uh, western side, you can see that this uh, lightly obscured mist covers something that looks like a turnstile that's fitted with stacks of long, sharp blades spaced about one foot apart. One of the turnstiles, which is the one on the northern side, spins counterclockwise, while the southern one spins clockwise, creating some type of chompy, mompy, uh, dicey, micey moment for our part. So while security might be lax, uh, it's also pretty harsh in certain places with mm, crossbows a, and spinning blades. I need a penitent mammal pass. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, Do you want to fly me across, please? There is no area to climb <laughs> oh. across. So if you are moving into this, there is no way of getting down. So essentially, uh, think of like a... Uh, a small room that's about 15 foot by about 30 foot. These blades are 15 foot in their diameter. You're in a, the, a little alcove to the north and the other door out of this is set into the south. So you have to go past both of the blades or pass through the so middle of the blade. Is there a pathway that we can see that's going to be easy or successful? Just make for me a perception check, please. I'll jump on that action. Everyone, or just it's very misty in here. Ten. Yep, I'm. I'm. Nightgrin's just far too skittish at the moment to see anything rolling a one. Okay. Oh and wow. I want to look, look instead of for a path. I want to look for an off switch. Make your perception check. No. Can't see shit. An eight. An eight. What did you get again? Bernie? A ten. A ten. On a 10, you do see some kind of a dark spot in the wall set in the southern end of the room. It doesn't really help because you are you have to get through the blades to go there and check it out, but you think that there is something in the wall. Something in the wall over there. Hmm. Throw a javelin at it. Do you have a, a um, Nikrin? I've seen wizardy people use like a magic hand. Have you got a, a magic hand? Uh, or a wing? Yeah, magic claw? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. Mage You're, hand, yeah, is that what you mean? Yeah, can yeah. you like maybe investigate that from a distance? Uh, range 30 feet. I'm just reading the spell here. So spectral floating hand appears. At a point you choose within range, the hand lasts for the duration of, until you dismiss it in action. The hand vanishes if it is even more than 30 feet away. You can use the hand as an uh, action to control. So I can use an action to control the hand. You can use the hand to manipulate an object, open an unlocked door, or I can take. What do you want to do? Just kind of feel up whatever's in the dark. Yeah, cool. See if it's a button or a lever or something like that. All right, I'll cast my hand then. Mm -hmm. See, let's do it. You cast your mage hand into the uh, into the darkness, and it is indeed an alcove into the wall. As you're feeling along, you see a lever, or okay. you feel a lever. There's a lever. Okay. Do you want to pull it, see what happens? I pull the lever. I take a step back. <laughs> as soon as you pull the lever up, the turnstiles stop spinning. Sweet. Hold on, let me go first in case they start up again and Moradius will start walking through. Uh-huh, Moradius makes it all the way through into a little antechamber on the other side to the south. It's all clear. Jail walks through. And Nitrogen follows. 
and Nike and follows. Hopping away. Yeah. Eventually, you know, these probably will start whirring again or whatever. Should but reset the lever? Right now, you can, even as you get to the south, you can hear it like a timer kind of oh. as it's clicking back and you can see the lever slowly lowering back down um, to, uh, to release whatever it is that is stopping these pulleys from walking along. You then take the only path that is available to you and that is to the north and to the west even as you're going down here you overhear an argument that is in gnomish does anyone here speak gnome no. incorrect common no. and primordial is what you hear and it's it is you can hear two voices that are that are clearly engaged in some type of argument but what you can hear um throughout there is yeah you know like when people do a version of pigeon i guess and certain words I just that offensive just, <laughs> certain words <laughs> Squab. <laughs> Sorry, got me. <laughs> I couldn't help that one. Um, certain words just like pop through in in English, even in other languages, and I'm hoping that this translates into other languages, not that we do. Um, <laughs> but the you can hear a word uh, through a perception check. So let's see if you can hear some perception. An <gasps> eleven. Mm -hmm. Not enough. I got a natty 20. Okay, you hear them. I also got a natty 20. Oh, okay. Let's get them out of the so way now while they're not important. Bo both uh. of you, you hear the word, Sanatire, and another one, you hear, straight jacket, <laughs> with a French accent. <laughs> It's in a. It's in gnomish. That's the gnomish <laughs> I accent. I couldn't even figure out what that first word you said was. Sanity ray. Sanity ray. Something yeah. for sanity and something for... It's, it, it would appear like they're going crazy. Shall I introduce you like we practiced that time? Uh, well, we're, we're going, not going as musicians. We're going as psychiatrists, know, superheroes. For, formal formal uh, announcement like you told me. Yes. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then Moradius will step up with his javelin and bang it three times in the floor. Mm -hmm. I. Yes. I. Present to you the Honourable J.R. Lockwood. And I could. <laughs> hello, hello. My name is J.R. Lockwood at your service, Andrew. Flourishing. Uh, good, 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 good. Uh, uh, help us, help us, help us, help us. Sanity Ray or uh, uh, Straight Jacket. No, Straight Jacket is way to go. Way to go. Is a Straight Jacket not a Sanity Ray? Sanity Ray is insanity to me. We would like, what do you think is better? What? Sanity Ray or a Straight Jacket? What problem are we trying to solve? Well, if you had somebody that may have lost their mind, perhaps imbibed in too much wine, what would you do What's to uh, keep them? Are you a sanity ray would restore the sanity of the person. Yes, but a, a straight jacket would send them from being bent to straight. <laughs> Set their mind in order. So, are we talking about Factorium by any chance? Oh, Factorium, no, no, she's too far gone for that. Uh, it's another, another issue that we, we have. Have we said too much? Um, well, I would, say, I would say a sanity ray, mainly for the fact that it might be able to be applied from a distance. 
whereas a straight jacket means someone has to put the jacket on the person or creature that needs to be put on. So which which one would you uh, perhaps uh, use on a on a king perhaps who might be uh, a little off? Can I ask who I'm talking to? Sorry. My name is Fibblestib. Oh, Fibble. Yes, and I, I'm Gabaldob. We're there. Sure, I see. Now it makes so much sense. And it's at that point that you're looking around and. For the first time, instead of focusing on the two gnomes in the room, you clue in to see that this is a workshop. And a workshop, the 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 type that you have never seen before. There is shit everywhere. There are piles of uh, wood. There are piles of potions, flowers, um, sacks of things. You can even see a pedestal there with a book on it that looks like it might have been some type of magic item book. You can see a bench with a whole heap of bubbling brews and like, a, you know, decanters and, and smoke that comes off in different areas. You can see a forge in the corner with various different kind of items there. And you, you can assume even from what this this is where the magic items happen in Nomengard. So nice to meet you. Um, yes, we are adventurers from Fandalen. Um, we are sent to talk to you guys about if you have any weapon that can kill a white dragon. Uh, yeah, well, you'd have to speak to the kings about that. Uh, couldn't speak to the kings until we uh, figure out sanity ray or straight kings. jacket. How about we flip a coin? They both sound like wonderful options. Well, I have an option. Um, this might be an idea. We've tried. We've tried everything we can. It's going to take time to develop and, and put a put a prototype and then perhaps do another prototype and, and move, move on from there. But perhaps other people from other places might be able to talk to both of the kings. You may be able to talk to King Kobors himself. See what's wrong. What's wrong with King Nurkley as to why he's uh, he's not acting in the way that he should? King Kobolds has been a bit off himself. Oh, King yes, kings. we can certainly do that. We want to talk to the kings anyway. Kobolds mm. and Nurkley. Interesting. Yes, the kings. They're, they're in their room right now. They've uh, apparently... Uh, King Kobolds isn't coming out. He's uh, He said that they're staying in their bedroom for now. Is it by any chance their anniversary? No, no, I don't think it's their anniversary. No, okay. they, usually they go on a holiday. Okay, good. Just making sure. Yeah. They take a lot of wine with them. I will and make they come sure. Back happy. I will make sure I knock. Is is the cause of the problem the wine? Because I've just drunk some of it. No, no, the wine's fine. We're not sure what's happening. He keeps going on about shape changes. He's told the guards, uh, uh, look out for shape changes indeed. But mm. we need to fix this. We need our kings back. If we don't have harmony on our kings, we're not going to be uh, doing a very good, uh, joyous uh, area of, of creating magic items. Look, I, t I, I tell you what. I tell you what. Listen. Mm -hmm. Yes, listening. Are you listening? Yes. If you can do this. Hmm. Yes. Just reading. <laughs> Go on. Wait a minute. Slide the number of magic items you'll give us on a piece of paper across the table. <laughs> Wait a minute. Give me a moment. And? Wait. 
Mm. Wait. Do tell. Stop distracting me. Why not just put them in here? I tell you what. What? If you do this for us, mm-hmm. we will compensate you with um with something wonderful. We, 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 we've made we've made some wonderful things here. I have an amulet. Ooh. An amulet. Yes, that's an amulet. You can also have uh, have this as well. It's a it's a it's a wonderful pole. But we will uh, tell you more once the deed is done. You throw in one of those crab bucket walker things, and you've got yourself a deal. Uh, a what? Well, those barrel walker things. They look like a crab, but you're oh, in a barrel. Oh, crab barrel? Yeah, crab barrel. A crab barrel. No, you can't have one of those. We need those to move the barrels from one place to another. How will we move our wine? We're not well, big enough. I am sure you will Leave make- him behind, and they point to Meradius. Perhaps <laughs> he can move the barrels for us, and you can take one of those. Yeah, I looks at Meradius thinking. Uh, nope. What if you make me a crab barrel? Instead we'll make, of these or items. make another. No. As well. Look, that would take months. Well, you could make yourself another crab barrel. You got one crab barrel to move and I'll take the other one with me. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about it once you've done the job. Plus an item to defeat a dragon. Why, yes. Well, well we can, have to talk to the kings about that one. Contraption. But look, we're just saying, if you can do this for us, we've got some... Uh, uh, items for you if you can secure our hold okay. from the uh, kings and their madness. I've, I've t- always liked you, Fibble Stibble. I've always said that yeah. to Double Dob. T- take us to your king. They see me crabbing. <laughs> you, they, they say, look, they're just down there to the west. And they point what? you up a set of stairs that go uh, to the west. Okay. From this set of stairs, you, there is a pathway that goes north, but they basically tell you, um, and go straight to the west, uh, and then you'll get be able to get in. There, there's No there, more traps? Uh, what traps? There's the, no traps around here. There's a big freaking munchy boy that tried to eat us. Crossbows. And- we have encountered Factorum with her crossbow when she shot it on us. She, I have a hole in my shoulder from where she shot me. We also saw the two big turnstiles with blades and had to uh, pull the lever to stop them so we did not get munched. I don't think they're helping. Let's go. These gnomes don't like to walk anywhere, do they? No. They're very, very probably set have, in their place. That's probably why they have crab barrels. Ah, right. Crab barrels. Crab barrels. Just standing around, around ponds. Crabbles. Yeah, from this, they say to go to the west. You do see another door that comes out from here that goes to the north as well from this room, but they point you to the west. They say, straight down that corridor and up to, up to the north, and you'll see two big doors. There's the throne room. Go in there. Okay. Another. How did I go with the welcome? Well, shouldn't it was, the announcement. It was good. A bit more forceful next time. Okay. A bit like, you know, and, and more, more titles. More titles. Yes. Give, okay. Even give Nikron one. Okay. Okay. Titles. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. Shall I do it into the throne yes. room? Yes, yes, yes. yes. <clears throat> Walks up to the throne room door. Mm-hmm. Is it open? Is it definitely no, it's shut. It's definitely shut. The little problem, I've never encountered the closed door before. <laughs> <laughs> you just, hmm. you knock. Do we Do we knock? Nikron? Uh, Nikron runs up and pecks at the door. <laughs> Like a woodpecker. Okay. Can, can I unlock the door? Knock. Uh, you open the door? Can I? Yes. Yeah. You open the door leading into a throne room situated atop a stone dais are two squat thrones. 
Both are made of like scrap metal and uh, other kinds of things that have been melted down, almost like the Game of Thrones throne, I imagine, but with less spikes to them and less sorty oh. and, and a little more comfortable. Um, they're sized for Gnombies. A little harder to open a letter on that throne. Yeah. There is nothing else in this room, though. Oh. So the room is- uh, Can I uh, take a perception check to see if there's anything else around that I can see? You certainly can. Uh, yeah, still really skittish with a seven. Moradius will step forward and forcefully bang his javelin into the floor. <laughs> I present to you Mr. J.R. Lockwood of the Titanic, that title, movie title, and um, His Excellency Nacron of the... Brokeback Mountain. Blue. Cliff, cliff nests. Blue nests. Blue nests. Blue nests. Blue nests. Blue nests. He just trails off, mumbling. <laughs> Hello? And walks forward up to the... The, the kings don't react? There's no, no one there. There's no one there. Oh. The doors... Talking to an empty room. Oh, that was wasted. Sorry. <laughs> it's good practice. It was a good practice. Yeah, well, titles are... All right. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking more like, uh, we'll, we'll work, we'll workshop on. Right. Yeah. And no, no, no other doors. No. Nothing here. Let's go back to that other room in the west. Wait, 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 wait. Perception check. Nine. Nine. What are you looking for? <laughs> I'm kind of just listening for weird noises because the last gnomes were super loud. You don't hear anything untowards over the din of the uh, waterfall. Essentially, you guys are standing in an open room that is obviously built for for welcoming and for audiences with the kings. Nobody's in here. Does it look like it's been occupied at all recently? Or uh, uh, no, there's F- Fibble Stibble or Double Dob did say they were locked in their bedrooms. Remember? Oh uh, yeah. Mm, uh, yes. Okay. Let's go that back there that way then. To the. West, I think. Yes, that. yes, yes. And then Moradius, as soon as he gets yes, walks off down to the western door. East. This is the most western door that you've found. So east, you go back the to the door. east, and there were two tunnels that you actually passed, one to the north and one to the south, on the way to the throne room from uh, from the two gnome inventors, from Dibble, Dub, and Fibblestib. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. J.R. Lockwood gets changed into one of his- Outfits. Uh huh. After a little while, he comes up dressed as a priest. Uh huh. Does it? What? Okay. Go on to the north. Yep. So you start heading up to the north. You get to the northern area. There's a a first corridor that goes off to the east with a door at the end of it, which is shut, and the corridor continues to go north. Should we check that door? Uh, yes, just uh, yep. Yep. even as you move closer to the door itself, you can hear the arguing of the gnomes that you have come from on the other side of that door. Oh, it's Fibble Stibble and Dibble Dobber. Yep. And then we turn around. Oh, we've, I don't want to encounter those two again now. Move so around. Another entrance to that room. This place is ridiculous. It's almost like, you know, signposts. Let's go back the other way. Let's go back the other way. Come so you on. keep going north? Yep. So you head up north and eventually you are led to a very ornate door, a very pretty looking door. Um, It looks like a a five foot wide door, but actually two double doors that open. Um, And on each one of those doors, there is an intricately carved gnome 
that is standing with a crown on its head on each door. There are two of them. Check for traps. Mm-hmm. Is that a reception? Oh, reception 10. No, they don't have any reception. That's I'll a do it also with an 11. Mm-hmm. You find no traps on the door. You ready for announcing? Yes. I will try better. High praise. Oh, high thanks praise. for the high praise. Um, and then Meredith opens the door. No, the door is locked. So the first door, you, it's locked. At that, you hear, who goes there on the other side? <laughs> Announcing High Priest J.R. Lockwood and his uh, mistress, Nacrin. <laughs> there is a shape changer in your midst. Find it and kill it. I'm not coming out till that happens. I've told everybody. Fibble Stibbon Dabbledob should know. I've told Caramip, Jabby, Nix, and Quippy as well. Anvareth, Delabine, Paladar, Zook. All of them. Had, uh, <coughs> Sire? Yes? How do you know we haven't already killed it? Have you killed it? Yes. Maybe. How, do we, how would we know? Tell them it looks like a big bird. Make a persuasion check. How are you going to persuade someone that you have killed it? You know what? I'm going to give you a week to think about it. We're going to find out next time. Well, I'm not going to be much help on that one. (laughs) My persuasion will be, you want me to keep the door? (laughs) I got the persuasion. 